Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Pin of the People podcast. I am your host, Justin. And today, first, um, I have the traditional, almost obligatory at this point, apology for, you know, not having uploaded since Wildcard Weekend or before Wildcard Weekend. I said I was going to do one for each week of the postseason. Well, you know, midterms happened and, you know, life's more complicated than, you know, what what do they say? Man has plans and God, what are they, like ignores that? I, I don't know. God laughs. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, okay. So today I've got um a little Super Bowl preview and the QB carousel, as many call it, um, where I think everybody's going. And I think I'm going to spend a little bit more time on that than the Super Bowl because I think the Super Bowl, um, for you know these purposes, it's it's a bit more straightforward. Um, I'm my my big interest with the NFL, and this is totally unrelated. I love the off season drama, not not the drama, but I do love the drama, but, you know, speculating on who goes where, seeing how the contracts play out, the trades, the draft. I mean, I'm a draft nut. You ask anybody. I am a total any, – anyway, okay. Um. So, all right, Super Bowl. I think the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles, will beat the Kansas City Chiefs 33-24. to Um. That's my score prediction. You know, it could be any – it could be a vastly different score, but I do think that the Eagles are going to win. And, look, Chiefs are a great team. I mean, look what Mahomes is doing even without Tyree Kill. Easily the NFL MVP this season. Um, I mean, he, he's a freak show. And two more uh, two excuse me, two more weeks to get his ankle healthy should help him immensely. Um, that is not a great defense that they are working with. And you know, Steve Spagnuolo, he always works up some fun stuff for the big game for big games. Um, but um, I, I don't think it's going to matter against. Philadelphia, who, I mean, they've they've simply been the best team in football. When Jalen Hurts is healthy, I mean, they did have those couple of games with Gardner Minshew in there, which were not were not good games for Philadelphia. They went uh, 0 for 2 in games he started. But, uh, I mean, that the offense is just ridiculously potent. The defense is one of the best in football. Um, special teams, consistent as always. And I think it's going to come down to, to whether Mahomes can overcompensate even more than he has been for the deficiencies, the the talent deficiencies and lack of production around him, particularly on the defense, because Philly is quite easily the most well-rounded team in the National Football League. Now, do I think that they're the best by far? No, I think San Francisco is also a great team. Whoever we saw in the NFC Championship, of course, um, Brock Purdy, got hurt very quickly, and if that hadn't happened, they very easily may have made it to the Super Bowl, but of course, they they didn't have a quarterback for most of the second half, because uh, Josh Johnson went down with the concussion. Uh, what an ugly, what an anticlimactic NFC Championship, man, that was, that was something. It would have been fun to see McCaffrey run the Wildcat a little bit more than they let him, but um, anyway, so I, I just think Philly is the better all-around team. And if they can play as a cohesive unit, you know, Hertz does his job. AJ Brown and Devontae Smith do their jobs. The offensive line does their job. We got it. We got to see how Lane Johnson does. He's playing on a, a torn groin right now, which God knows how painful that must be. Um, I, I couldn't even imagine. I mean, just pulling your groin is bad enough. Like even just walking that hurts. Now playing right tackle in the Super Bowl with a fully torn groin. I can't even think about it. Um, but yeah, and they just gave um, Stoutland a 
I don't know how long the extension is, but one of the best offensive line coaches, Jeff Statland, in the entire NFL, they just gave him a sizable extension, which good for him, well-earned. I heard that he had been interviewing with some teams to be potentially the offensive coordinator, or they requested an interview. It might have declined. Um, but and, and then that defense, I they only need a few more sacks in order to break like the all-time record in a season, like regular season and postseason combined, which is absolutely bonkers. Um, yeah, I mean, they're just a really, really, really good team. And the Chiefs, I mean, they've got a few guys coming back from injury. McCall Hardman came back recently. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, as as of um the day of this recording, Monday, the 6th. I think it's the 6th, right? I can't even tre- keep track of time nowadays. Is it the 6th? Yeah, it's the 6th. Um, yeah, CEH, he just got uh, activated off of the injured reserve, which he had been on for a few months, I believe, at this point. It's been like two months, I think. Um. Yeah, what an interesting pick that was. 32nd overall back in, uh, what was that, 2020? Yeah, that was 2020. Jeez. No, or was that 2021? Which was 2020? 2020? No, it was 2020. Yeah, 2020. Okay. Um, yeah, because that was the borough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what a fun pick that was. They could have taken, I mean, they could have taken Jonathan Taylor if they wanted a running back. They could have taken DeAndre Swift if they wanted a running back. So many guys that they could have taken that they simply chose not to for whatever reason. Um, yeah, that's fun. Okay. Any, anyways, I don't know what I'm uh, talking about. And then T. Higgins went to pick right after. Imagine T. Higgins in that offense. Holy smokes. Um, I've never said holy smokes before. That's the first time I've ever said that, I think. Um, Jeez, I'm just rambling. I get to do this on this podcast. I just get to ramble because... For all I know, I mean, there are a few kids or people who are probably listening right now, probably not more than like 10 to 15, like close friends listening at this part of the podcast. Um, And that's like tops. That's with a good episode. So if you guys are listening to this, I don't know who would care. Oh, okay. Back to the script. I I might just cut that stuff out or not. I mean, it's kind of fun listening to this. I'm going to listen back to this. Anyway, okay. All right, yeah, Eagles win. Um, I think they're just going to be, prove to be too much. Mahomes is on another level right now, but football's a team sport. I mean, there are 22 players on the field at all times. Um, 23 if you include the referee, though, because he's probably the most important player of all. Um, But, yeah, I, th- I think Philly's going to win, and I said 33-24, and they, they deserve it. They've been the best team throughout the season. And as a result, I think they should hoist the Lombardi Trophy, and I think that they will. Um, Anyways, okay. QB carousel. This is the exciting stuff. So I'm going to go through. I've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. 17 teams. That's more than half the NFL I've got right here. Um, I've got predictions for them. I have got, what is that, nine that I think are going to keep their quarterback um, and I'm just going to run through those real quick. Um, and this isn't really in order of when I think it's going to happen in terms of the ones keeping them. But, um, I, okay, I'll, I'll just go through it. I think the Baltimore Ravens, they're going to keep Lamar Jackson. They're going to give him the tag. Um, it might not be the exclusive tag, though, which I, I think could be interesting. I think that they could, you know, non-exclusive tag him, which two first-round picks, a, a team, if they want to sign him um, to a big deal, to an offer sheet, they would have to fork over two first-round picks. I don't think that's likely. I don't think that Baltimore lets him hit the open market in, in that sense. I mean, it's not really the open market, but I, I don't think he leaves, frankly. I think that he stays, and they work out an extension. Um, 
not this off season, but maybe you know next off season or they'll they'll tag him again. They'll do what they need. I think I think it's silly that Chicago is being brought up as a team in this QB carousel, quote unquote, because they have the first overall pick, sure. And Bryce Young is a gr- not a great. He, he's a very solid quarterback prospect. Justin Fields is the guy there. He needs to you know continue to develop as a passer a little bit, but he doesn't get enough credit for who he has turned into in a second year. He's he's the future of that Chicago franchise, so I think he stays. San Francisco, I think they drafted Trey Lance third overall for a reason, and they're going to go into next year with him as the starter. Now, in I think I was reading the other day, six the past six years, he has thrown about 400, a little over 400 passes in actual like live football games, which is pretty wild for someone who we're presuming to be the the presumed starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers next year who have made it what to three of the past four NFC championships now and they're handing over the keys to him he's so talented um but if, if he could stay healthy obviously it was a freak accident that broken leg um if he could stay healthy I think he's going to take that franchise to some serious new heights even for a team who as I just said three of the past four seasons made it to the NFC championship um And Brock Purdy, it depends on his health. I think they'll have a competition, quote-unquote, in um, training camp, but they can't not give it to the guy they traded a million picks for just to take third overall. I think Lance is going to be the guy, but Purdy, he'll be in there as well. I don't think they're going to get anyone new. Um, Lions, I think they're going to stick with Goff. Again, this is one I don't think any moves should be made. I think Jared Goff has proved himself uh, to be perfectly capable of being a, a, a team's quarterback for the next couple of years, and I think he's the perfect fit in Detroit. He's a very good quarterback. I mean, he's, I, I, I think he's definitely top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL. I think saying he's like the 10th or 11th might be a bit of a stretch, but he's he's up there. Like, obviously, his first year, the Jeff Fisher year, awful, putrid. I mean, you couldn't even watch him. It, it was disgusting. Um, and then and then Sean McVay came into town, and you know he helped turn it around. And Goff, he led them to the Super Bowl. Now he still made boneheaded mistakes, uh, but he was he was a good quarterback. We saw why they took him first overall. And then he kind of he didn't revert truly back to that first year Goff, but he 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 became worse. I mean, he declined as a quarterback. Um, and that's why you know they traded him to. Not LA, Jesus. They traded him to Detroit, and he's taken a, a step forward again. And I think he's at his. This is the best he's been really since he came out of the draft. Um, and they've gotten, they've gotten. I think, I think Detroit has gotten a lot more than they could have hoped for in return for Matthew Stafford. Not in terms of the picks, but in terms of the quarterback. Because most people thought after that trade, you know, oh, he'll just be a stopgap. He'll be there for one year. You know, they'll figure out what to do with the contract, but. They'll take, you know, I, I don't know, quarterbacks win the draft. What quarter? No, they'll take they'll take like a, a Spencer Rattler or something at, at the top of the draft, you know, because people thought he was going to go high last year, but obviously he ended up not going in the draft. Um, oh, they'll take a Malik Willis high. And again, another guy went later, but people thought he was just a bridge. But no, he looks like he could be the guy. Anyway, I'm just rambling about Jared Goff. Um. I think the Giants managed to re-sign Daniel Jones. I could, I don't, I don't think he gets the tag. I could see something sort of in the range of a three for eighty-five, 
ish kind of deal or a three for three for 80, I think is probably the most likely. I don't think he really breaks the bank because he's only had one year of true, true, true sustained production um, throughout the season. And, you know, he's not an elite guy, but quarterbacks, it doesn't matter how good they are. You know, everyone wants top of the market, but I, I think this is a case where they really can't give him like that five, six year deal that some of the quarterbacks at the top of the market are, are commanding. Um, so he gets, he gets, he's going to be a bit of an outlier, a bit of an anomaly in that a team is re-signing him as their franchise quarterback, but he's not going to try to break the bank or, or, or reset the market. But I think he stays there. Uh, Miami, I think Tua remains the quarterback. It's all a matter of health there. Um, if, if he could stay healthy, he's great, but he, he simply can't stay healthy. So they need an established backup behind him, whether that's re-signing Teddy Bridgewater whether that's um, getting back Jacoby Brissett, who was there a few years ago, whether that's, you know, I mean, there are a few different guys that they could look into for that role. But I don't see I don't see Jimmy G signing for a backup role like that. I, I mean, I, I think it's going to be an upper tier backup, but or, or at least being signed by Miami because they, they simply need one. But I, I do believe that he's staying in Miami, just as the Miami, you know, team brass has come out and said. Seattle, I think they stick with Geno. I, I think it's more likely than not that they end up tagging him. But I would not be shocked to see a deal in that Daniel Jones range that I mentioned, which again, you really don't see quarterbacks getting that type of deal. But I, I do think we might see two of them like that this offseason. Now, an interesting one. I think that the Titans do keep Ryan Tannehill. He's only got one year left on his deal. And he is he is getting up there in age. I believe he's 35 now, which is just wild that Tannehill is that old already. But I, I think that they keep him. I don't see a trade happening. I don't think he gets released because I don't think Malik Willis is ready, frankly. So I, I think they try to run it back with him one more year. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, not, not too much there, but I, I think they stick with him. That's definitely one to watch, though. That's definitely one to watch. There's been a lot of speculation. I don't I don't buy it. I think he's staying there, but, you know, we'll see. And then one last one, I think that the Pats keep Mac Jones. That's one that's been discussed a little bit just because he did have a down year. I, I think you could chalk a lot of that up to Matt Patricia being the offensive coordinator. Um, yeah, I don't think... It's, it's. I don't think it's going to work out. Now you've got Bill O'Brien back as the offensive coordinator. Who, you know, used to be in New England, and now he he also used to be Mac Jones's offensive coordinator at Alabama. So I I think they stick with him. I don't think anything really happens there. So now getting on to the ones that I think change the guys that change teams. I think the first thing that happens is Derek Carr gets released. I don't think anyone trades for him. I think he gets released in the coming weeks. Probably before the, it might honestly be this week before the Super Bowl. Um, and I think he signs with New Orleans. I think that they are a great fit. Now, they do have Andy Dalton, who's going to be a free agent. Jameis is also going to be a free agent. But I think that they want a an established guy because they've been going with Jameis now for, what is it? Has it been three years now that Jameis has been in New Orleans? I, yeah, it's been three years now already. Um and that hasn't really worked out for them. Dalton, I don't think they see as anything more than a stopgap. So I think that they try to get Derek Carr. I think he would be a good fit there in terms of, you know, fitting the offense, fitting the kind of culture that they 
they have that they want to build. Dennis Allen with that, you know, obviously he's the new head coach as of last year. I think he would be a great fit there. I would see, I, I would imagine something in the range of three years, 110, if I had to guess. And now the Saints are way over the cap. Like they are way over the limit. But, you know, as the saying goes, the cap isn't real. That's, you know, people say that. And why do they say that? It's because of Mickey Loomis. It's because of the magic that he manages to work every single year with the Saints. And, you know, are a few familiar faces probably going to end up being let go? Probably. But if that means getting a quarterback who will probably be there for the next five, six years, yeah, that's totally worth it, in my opinion. And I think that something will end up being worked out there. And the next one, people are are going to say inevitably that I'm saying this because I'm biased. Um, I think all signs point towards Aaron Rodgers asking for a trade. They grant it. Joe Douglas says, hey, we need you. We're missing just a quarterback. That's the only piece we don't have. That's the one guy. And they go and they give up a first rounder, maybe like a second or something, and a decent player. And the Jets trade for Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, for me, this is the dream scenario as a Jet fan. Like, I, I this is what I want. And I do think it's I do think it's going to happen, frankly. And if it doesn't, I wouldn't be shocked. But look, it makes too much sense. The Jets, they have struck out on so many first-round quarterbacks. They they are not going to go back to the well and, you know, try to draft another first-round quarterback. They're not going to be able to this year to, to get a guy who can start right away. Nor, nor would they. I mean, look what just happened with Zach Wilson. I think that they might keep Zach Wilson as maybe the third string quarterback. I think that they would need a backup um, who can actually come in and play if Rodgers gets hurt. Zach, I don't think is there yet, as sad as that is to say. But I, I think Rodgers, from everything that he's been saying, you know, he's a very tough guy to read. And I think everybody knows that. It seems like he's going to ask out. And he has a very he's he is owed a lot of money the next few years. But I think Joe Douglas is gonna say, look, we have the money, or they don't have a ton of money, but we could very easily clear the money, restructuring a few guys, you know, Corey Davis is probably on his way out, maybe restructure like a CJ Mosley or a Carl Lawson. And they just need one more player. If they get Aaron Rodgers, they could very easily be big players in the AFC. I mean, they could make a legitimate run with him at quarterback. And now the pack that, that would leave the Packers with Jordan love to start a quarterback that would open up uh, an Avenue for him. And I, I think he'll do pretty well there. He's been sitting behind Rogers for a few years already. He's, I think he's ready to play very talented, you know, they'll, they'll be fine. But I, I think, I do think they are going to trade for him. I do think the jets are going to trade for Rogers. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett, he just got fired within a year of of being hired as the Broncos head coach, he's due all this money over the next few years from Denver. He he could have very easily said, "Hey, I'll take my paid vacation for the next three whatever years, and just sit on the couch or sit on a beach or whatever, and get five, six, whatever million dollars a year." But no, he decided to not take any years off and go to the New York Jets to be their offensive coordinator. And he's a guy, obviously, he was the offensive coordinator for both Aaron Rodgers' MVP years in the past three years when he has won it twice. And he's very close with Rodgers. Why would Hackett do that if he didn't think that he had a quarterback to work with? He certainly didn't do it to work with Zach Wilson. I don't think he did it to work with Jimmy Garoppolo or probably not even Derek Carr. 
especially not a rookie, that, definitely not a rookie quarterback. I think that they are going to do everything they can to get Aaron Rodgers. And if, if they don't, I don't think it's for a lack of trying, is the way that I'll put it. Um, next, I think the Buccaneers signed Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, obviously, thank God Brady retired. He's going to his senior living home or whatever, where he's going to rot for the rest of his days. So now, now the Bucs have an opening. They're not going to go to Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask is not good. They're not going to go to Blaine Gabbert. He's a free agent, but he's not very good either. He's Blaine Gabbert. Um, so they need a quarterback. I don't think that they'll go the rookie route this year. I think from Jimmy Garoppolo's perspective, they, he's not going to the Jets because now Rodgers is there. Carr's going to New Orleans, and I think, excuse me, I don't think he's going to Atlanta because I don't think that they're a team that has any shot at doing anything next year, or at least somewhere that Jimmy would want to go in terms of, you know, them being good enough. I, I think the same thing about the Colts, you know, Texans, Panthers. I, I don't think commanders. I, I think that the Bucks are the best of those teams or they have the best shot at being competitors next year in terms of the talent that they still have on the team. So Jimmy might go, hey, you know, I, I'm a capable starting quarterback, obviously. And I want to go somewhere where I could win because I've proven that I can win. And I think that that is possible in Tampa, possibly taking over for Brady, as funny as that is, you know, once his protege and now he is taking over for him, as, as funny as that is. But I, I think he goes there. He probably gets somewhere in the range of one year, 25-ish. It could be a little lower than that. It all depends on what teams think of his injury history. He's another guy where, look, whatever team signs him, they're going to need a capable backup. But I do think he ends up in, T in Tampa Bay. The Commanders now, I think that they go out and they sign Baker Mayfield. Carson Wentz did not work. I don't know when teams are going to learn that he's he's just he's just not capable. He, he doesn't have it anymore. Um, Taylor Heineke is not the guy for them. I think that they take a chance on Baker Mayfield, see what he can do, if he can show some of the flashes that he's he's shown throughout his career. And maybe, you know, they've got pieces there in Washington. They definitely have guys around him. Can that lead Baker, though, or can Baker lead them to success in that environment? I think that they are going to want to see that. And look, maybe he could end up being the guy for the future. He's still very young. So I think that they give him a look. It'll probably be another deal around like one year, 12 million, if I had to take a guess. Um, next, I think the Falcons sign Andy Dalton. I don't think that they are going to put Desmond Ritter in the starting role next year. I think that they might let him sit for another year and see maybe after that if they think they have anything. But I think Andy Dalton, again, you know, he's a perfect stopgap quarterback for a team who, who they don't have the future, but they also want to at least be in it a little bit. And they have the pieces to not, not make a deep run or anything. But, I mean, they're going to be okay. They have they have the coaching. They have the, the talent, especially on offense. They have the talent. So I, I think they sign Andy Dalton for a year, and, you know, he gets one year $8 million from them probably, if I had to guess. Um, and, you know, they just start him, and they end up going like 8-9 and nine or something, and then, yeah, they, they look for another one next year. Um, all right, now we get to the draft, and I think that – Number one, first overall, I already said I don't think that Chicago's taking a quarterback. I think they're going to trade back. 
And I think that at four, the Indianapolis Colts, they've been signing guys, you know, these these older guys to take over for Andrew Luck for years now. You know, Phillip Rivers is one guy. They just had Carson Wentz. They, who am I forgetting between them? Oh, Matt Ryan just, yeah, I mean, and I think there was, was there another one in between them? There might have been. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've been doing this for too long. They can't do it any longer. They, I, I mean, they, they need, they, they, they need to trade up for a young quarterback. And I think Bryce Young is that guy. They're going to end up having to give up a lot. I mean, obviously the fourth overall pick, definitely another first round pick. I don't think they'll have to give up three, but they'll have to cough up some valuable pieces. And uh, that's what I see happening because Chicago, Chicago's not taking a quarterback. They're going to want to trade down. I don't think that they would want to take Will Anderson or Jalen Carter at one because knowing that Houston is probably going to draft a quarterback at two, one of those, one of those guys, Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, they're going to end up being there at fourth overall. So I think that they're perfectly comfortable trading down because no one, no one's going to trade up for one of those guys. They're going to trade up for a quarterback. And I think Indy does that. And as I was just saying, I think Houston takes a quarterback, second best guy available, or, or the best guy available now with Bryce Young off the board. At second overall, I think that they take C.J. Stroud. I think he's a good fit there. You know, I don't think he has the same ceiling as Bryce Young. But he could step in right away, and he can be a positive contributor, I think. So, and people, people like one one big thing that people say about him is that he's an Ohio State quarterback, so he can't be successful. That's BS. You know, don't don't scout the helmet. Scout the player. And he's a very good player. Now, I, I think there are concerns with him. You know, pocket presence, creativity. And creativity is Bryce Young's game. CJ Stroud simply doesn't have that. But, you know, if you want a guy who could stand in the pocket, just let it rip. And he could run as well. I mean, he's got he's got legs. Um, he, he's, he could be a very good quarterback in the NFL. I think if I had to compare him to anyone, he's he's kind of like a combination in some ways, of, like, Derek Carr and Jared Goff, if that makes any sense at all. And that's kind of just to give you an idea of the caliber of quarterback I think he'll be. Like, he'll be he'll be very solid in the NFL. I don't think, I don't think there's a high chance of him really being a bust. But he's what, he's what Houston needs. They need stability. They need some excitement. And I think they'll get that as C.J. Stroud, or out of C.J. Stroud, excuse me, um, and then lastly, I think the Panthers. Sam Darnold is a free agent. I think they re-sign him. Like, what What might he get? Like, one year, $4 million, Like, nothing big. You know, backup money. Or high-end backup money. Because he can come in and he could be a great spot starter for, like, three games. But, you know, not a lot more than that. I think, though, that they will end up trading up to number seven with Las Vegas. And they're going to take Will Levis, I think. Now, they took Matt Corral last year in the third round. He ended up, I think it was the third round, he ended up not playing last year because of a foot injury. And he he's a guy who, you know, he has potential, but he's not someone you want to bank on as being a franchise quarterback. They're especially not going to do that with Sam Darnold. And P.J. Walker, I, I don't think that they they view him in that light as, you know, a franchise quarterback. So I think that they, they go up to seven. They get Will Levis. They don't start him immediately. I can't speak today. They don't start him immediately. I think that they sign Sam Darnold, or they start Sam Darnold, who, as I said, fine spot starter, not a great long-term guy, but that's why he's the bridge. 
That's why you're drafting a guy at seventh overall, a guy with the tools of a Will Levis. And I I personally think that he goes above Anthony Richardson. I think Anthony Richardson is probably going to end up being the better player in the NFL. But I don't really know if the NFL sees it that way as of right now. I think he probably ends up being drafted somewhere to be a backup for one year and then come in later. Maybe that, that could even be Atlanta, like I said before. They could end up taking a guy like Anthony Richardson just not to start. Um, but I, I think Darnold ends up going for... Uh, not Tampa for Carolina for like the first eight ish games, nine games, and then I think Levis takes over. Um, yeah, and then they'll see, we'll see what happens from there. But I I think that's what they're gonna end up doing. So yeah, those are my predictions. I I gave you know Super Bowl prediction. I think the Eagles are gonna win, and those are my predictions for where I think the quarterbacks are gonna go. Was this a bit of a messy episode? Yeah. Did I forget how to speak at certain parts? Yeah. But, you know, I just wanted to get something out there. And, yeah, I'll see when I could upload again. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and have a good one.